Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Dogs with me, Graham Hall. I'm also known as the Dog Father and that's because I spend my days travelling the country meeting dogs and owners in need of my help. In fact, I've helped 5,000 odd dogs over my career and they have all been very odd indeed. I do that training in person one-to-one and on the TV show Dogs Behaving Very Badly and I also give advice remotely through this podcast. Now, this is the place where I get to answer your questions directly, as well as hear from those that I've helped in the past in the hope that their success stories might inspire you to try a new training technique with your dog. Stick around, because in a bit I'll talk you through the various reasons your dog might be reactive. But first I want to catch up with a dog owner who found herself in one of the most extreme situations I think I've ever been called in to try to help. I met Lorna for the TV show Dogs Behaving Very Badly. Now, Lorna, you got German Shepherd dog Marvel at a particularly low point in your life, and you credit him with helping you pull through. And then it was your turn to support him when he got a life-threatening illness as a puppy. The bond between you two was, well, it was incredible to see, but that lack of socialisation in those early months... Uh, when he was confined, it meant that by the time I met you, he was an extraordinarily reactive dog. I mean, he was he was barking and lunging at everything in the street, um, even things like leaves moving. And in the house, his bark was incredibly loud. And, and actually, that was a bit more of an attention-seeking thing, interestingly. Now, in fact, I, I'd go as far as to say I think he was the most on-edge and reactive dog I've ever met outside. So... Tell us how that behaviour manifested and how serious that situation had become for you. It was extremely bad. I mean, I thought it was the worst case that I would have ever seen. When you obviously came and said that you thought the same, it made me realise that I was I was really good to get help at the time for Marvel. But where he was so ill as a puppy and he missed out on his socialisation when they needed it most and then having the pandemic stopped me from being able to get him to puppy classes and things just got worse and worse for him and it wasn't his fault at all it was it was my fault it was the pandemic's fault it was the fault of the the guy that I got him from from not keeping him safe as a puppy it's been a team effort to get him to where he is now and I'm just so grateful for Marvel no matter what he's put me through and how much of a nightmare he could have been he he's perfect to me. He he got parvovirus, didn't he? I mean, you were lucky that he survived, but when he so he came out of it, he'd missed out on that socialisation period. And then, as you rightly said, the pandemic happened. So it's just bad luck, I think. Um, but yeah, he ended up with a dog who just didn't understand. Well, he didn't understand the outside world, that's for sure. But he was barking in the house as well, wasn't he? He was just reacting to everything. I, I remember when we were filming, there was a moment. I don't even remember we were out in the street, not far from from your house and we were by a hedge and he'd calmed himself down i think a dog had gone past and he'd been he'd been crazy barking for about 10 minutes straight and then he finally calmed down and then we were chatting about something on camera and he he ramped up again and i remember thinking i don't know what that was and i said to you what was he barking at now and you said he's barking at air it literally was air movement had moved a couple of the leaves hadn't it do you remember yeah that was that was interesting but that i was obviously used to it um it was a bit of a shock for you guys but that was just my normal life with marvel yeah it was well it was two things to me it was like he was so reactive to everything even things like yeah quite literally a leaf on a privet hedge moving in, in with a bit of air movement was enough to set him off 
and it was also the intensity of it as well. And and to me, we really saw that in the house. Um, and as a little bit sort of behind the scenes thing for for people. Um, we started in the house, and he was barking so loudly that that one of the producers said, "Look, I think I think we need to get you some." some ear defenders, you know, because yeah. there's children in the room as well. <laughs> I think it really is that loud. And I thought, yeah, and it wasn't an exaggeration because, I mean, I used to work in factories and on a packing line, you know, you, you can't you can't really carry out a normal conversation at conversational level. And those areas are, are, are ear defender areas, you know. Yeah. And, and in your living room, I'm like, oh, this is as loud as that, you know. So that was having quite an effect on you, wasn't it? And, and yeah, your dad's had some heart problems, hasn't he? Yeah, my dad, my dad's health. Um, yeah, it's it's not the best, and he has had a lot of heart problems. Um, uh, it's a lot down to stress. He's not had the easiest go of it the last few years. And me getting Marvel in the beginning, I hear well, he fell in love with him instantly. But obviously, as Marvel got sick and then he started to misbehave, it made my dad's heart a lot worse. And then um, the problems with him barking, causing problems with our neighbours, it made everything worse for him. And I felt so bad that something I had done was now causing my dad's heart problems to get worse and worse. So it was really important to get help, not just for Marvel, but for my dad, because it had affected him so badly. You see, I think a lot of people watching would have been, well, just rehome that dog, you know, why, why, why would you not rehome him? Oh, I'd never give up Marvel. I, If the problems had have got worse and worse, there was no way I would ever leave Marvel. He saved my life and he stood by me with everything. It's It's hard to explain to someone that doesn't have that kind of connection with another person or another dog, but... He is, he's my best friend and I will never let him go. It's lovely to hear, you know. Uh, you can hear it in your voice. That was a situation I found myself in. I'm thinking, well, this is you know, pretty much the most reactive dog I think I've ever worked with. And I'm in this situation where I've got a chap who, who's, whose health's been adversely affected. I've got this, this lady who owes a lot to him by all accounts. And there's just no way he's going to get rehomed. It's like... Really have to do my best, you know. And I always say to people, look, look, there's no promise of how this will end, but I'll do my best, you know. And I think there's a, a lot of work to do. Do you remember what it was that I, I said to you? You were doing something wrong. <laughs> the biggest thing I was doing wrong for Marvel was I kept picking him up and giving him attention when he was being naughty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Understandable in a way, because it sort of stopped yeah. him. But yeah, it's one of those classic things where it's a short term fix and a long term big problem. What did you think when I first suggested that picking him up might not be helping? To be honest, like I, I always knew that that was probably not a solution. But when, if people saw Marvel at his worst, you would, you'd do the same. You'd do anything just to have ten seconds of a nice, calm German Shepherd. And that's just what I needed to do. It's the only thing that I could do at the time that was working. So even though I knew, oh, this is not going to be a long-term fix, I just kept doing it and I just got entrapped into the habit of, oh, it's working, so I'll just keep doing it rather than finding something new that would work long-term. Do you know, I, I feel for you, Lorna, because I think a lot of people will recognise that, that people aren't stupid, you know, and when I often say, look, this is what you're doing wrong, they go, yeah, we know, we kind of know that's the wrong thing to do, but we can't think of anything else. And in the meantime, at least it shuts him up for a bit. The irony is, of course, that long-term solution you're talking about is just getting further and further away the more you're doing it, you know. It's like catch-22, isn't it? The first thing that we tried 
didn't work. And, and I think there's a lesson in that for, for everyone, really. I mean, I've worked with 5,000 dogs. I've got a pretty good idea where I might be going next with a bit of training. But but often I'll try something and I think, do you know what, that's not, it's not working. Forget it. And it was a compressed air can. I just thought, well, give it a go. You know, with some dogs, that, that hiss sound just interrupts, the, you know, the behaviour long enough that you then get a bit of quiet and you can reward him for being quiet. And anything you reward, you get more off. So the theory was great, but it, it just didn't work. And it was pretty obvious to me. With something like that, I think there's no point carrying on if it's clearly not working. So it's time to think again, really. And we were sort of stuck then because it's like, well, all I can do is ignore this, ignore it entirely, wait for him to calm down. And then we can go back to that praising, rewarding for being being quiet, you know. So we... we we got everybody's um, tablets out and phones and all the rest. <laughs> I made a point of going, back your head off if you like. Nobody's giving you attention anymore. But it, it was like a little bit of slow magic working, wasn't it? You could see the progress. How did you feel when that started to work? Uh, it made me see Marvel as like basically an evil genius because as you sat there looking at your phone, I'd kind of look up and try and glance at him without him noticing and he'd be looking at me as if to say, oi, oi like I'm barking, come pick me up, come do something. I just, I just wanted to laugh but obviously I was trying so hard to just not look at him but he knew exactly what he was doing. Like He, he did have uh, a problem with the fact that obviously he wasn't used to all these things, but he was, he was over-exaggerating it, and I, I knew it as soon as that happened. Um, he, yeah, he, he's so clever. Funny. It's funny you say evil genius. I think you've hit the nail on the head. He was. He was he's like, I've got a big brain in here. I know what's going to work. So, uh, But, yeah, there were lovely moments. It's really hard to catch these on camera where you sort of glance up from your phone and like you pretend you're not looking and he's looking at you going come on come on <laughs> i'm barking you're gonna pick me up how did you feel when i was asking you to be more assertive and, and to, to to just ignore it it was really hard for me because ever since i got him he was always by my side i mean i hated going to work just because of the fact that i wasn't next to him looking after him and helping him and he'd helped me through so much that i just always wanted to make sure that he knew i was there he felt like i loved him more than anything which i always did but i wanted to make sure he knew that so it was really hard for me just to ignore him but also have to be a little bit more stricter on him at the same time it has done the best and I think me and Marvel have actually grown stronger for it, but it was really hard to start with because he is my baby, no matter how huge and aggressively barky he can be. Um, he is just my little baby, so it was really hard. Yeah, I get that. And it's, and I think the point with that is that, you, yeah, I, I don't like that phrase, tough love particularly. I think it gives the wrong impression. But it, it is a case of, look, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dose out all that love and I'll show you how much I love you when you're quiet. You know, not when you're barking. Of course, he, he, <laughs> it's, dogs are very logical. You know, it's like, I'm barking, I'll get love, or I'll do that again. And what he realised really quickly in your living room that morning was like, ah, weirdly, it looks like the world's turned around. Quiet gets love. Ah, I'll do that. <laughs> Sometimes when you, you put in a, a dog behaviour solution and you've got to decouple the emotions a bit, which is... It's easy for me to say when it's not my dog, right? But you kind of kind of go right. Let's just go with the head thinking here, not the heart thinking, because there's plenty of time for the the emotion, the heart stuff to come back in later. You know, because I'm not completely unfeeling myself. I think it was a lovely dog, but boy, was he a problem. 
The answer always is just think about it logically. So you've got to get your timing right. So what behavior is being rewarded and how can I reward something better? And then you can almost build a training plan for yourself around that, you know? And I think the other thing is, you know, if at first it don't succeed, try, try again, because he, it, and this is typical of a lot of German shepherds, actually, that they're very persistent. You know, it's like, no, this will work. You know, it's why the police use them. You know, I oh, will get that bad guy. Oh, blimey, you can run. I don't care. I'll still get him, you know. So um, he's putting up some resistance. I don't care. I'll still get him. That's the German Shepherd for you. I thought the agility thing for me was a bit of a, a slow burner. Yeah. Um, there's so much you can do there and then in the living room. But I thought, right, we've got to blow a bit of energy off this little lad. And we've got to give him something to do in life. And... As I was sort of at pains to say on the telly, I'm, I'm not an agility expert particularly, but I just thought, let's have a bit of fun with this. So uh, he was smart, wasn't he? He was really good at agility. Yeah, no, he was. It was really nice to see him just having a fun time. You could see it in his face. It, it just made me so happy to see him enjoying himself and not having to worry about everything that was going on. Like, he didn't have to react. He just had to, to be in the moment and enjoy himself as a dog. Yeah, that's it. Well, they love a job to do, you know, shepherds as well. He's like, do what? Jump over that one, jump over that one, jump over that one. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there anything about the, the techniques that we put in that you found particularly hard? Oh, well, I personally don't like jumping over things, but if it helps Marvel, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, hey, yeah. you're younger than me. Oh yeah, but I, I don't. Oh, it was just um, it was interesting. It was it was just hard to constantly keep him moving because uh, he has so much more energy than I do. Like he'll have more energy than I ever have. But it does work. You've just got to put the time in. You do. I think the thing about that agility for me, it wasn't just about blowing off lots of energy for him and hoping he'd be he'd be a good boy. And I think that's often where people go wrong. That that they, they maybe do a bit of agility, it revs them up, you know, and then another dog appears and it's, it's it's they're just as reactive as before. What I really wanted to do with that was give you both something that you could work on together, and it, it builds that bond up even more. And he's looking to you for a bit of leadership. How have things been since I left? It's been a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest, because um, my family ended up catching COVID, so we obviously all had to isolate. So his training obviously got paused again. Uh, yeah, he started to get a lot better, and then we couldn't take him out for a while, and he went back to ground zero, and I was I was so angry at everything. I, was, I just couldn't believe it, but we put the techniques back into effect, and he has got so much better. He doesn't bark anymore when people leave the house which might not sound like a big thing to normal dog owners but to me that is everything because every time I left the house and he was barking I felt so guilty that I was leaving him and now he doesn't and it feels like okay like he'll be okay I'll be back soon and then I can be back cuddling him but in a in a good way not in a I'm rewarding you way um yeah he's got a lot better when people are knocking on the door uh, we ignored him for a long time and it was oh, it was painful on the ears but it has it has worked. He's got better on his walks. I mean, he still doesn't like walking in a straight line, uh, but he he'll get there. <laughs> that's, that's He's got his own idea, hasn't he? Yeah, he does. He uh, yeah, he doesn't. He just he wants to walk wherever he wants to walk. He doesn't care about me. It's interesting that you say about the when people leave and the door and that. I, I remember now when we were filming it. It's not something that we featured for the program particularly, but 
the nature of filming anything is the crew are in and out the door all the time. They pop back to the van for a bit of kit or whatever. And every time somebody came in and out the door, he was he was going bananas again, wasn't he? Well done for, for sort of dusting yourself down and carrying on because it's so easy when something like that happens to, to go, oh, well, it was going so well and now everything's ruined. And that's that. But you, you've clearly pulled yourself back up again and, and got back on it, which is great. And I think... I think there's a lesson in that for all of us, really. You know, things don't always go smoothly, but uh, would you say your bond with Marvel has grown even more from having to work so closely with him? Yeah, it definitely has. can't even explain it, but obviously when like we go out on a walk and it's just us and I'm, I, I talk to him about my day and then he starts misbehaving, then I, I just kind of have a chat with him. I'm like, no, we're not going to do this today, Marvel, and then we'll um, go and play ball or something. And it's, um, yeah, it has brought us closer. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Um, I, I never want to be without him. I can see why. He's a massive character. He's he's a lovely dog. That was the other thing I think that was so kind of frustrating about your case is that you, you look at him and you think in the moments when he wasn't going crazy and when he wasn't barking at people out in the street, he was a lovely dog. It was like Jekyll and Hyde, but nobody ever saw that side of him, did they? No, they only ever saw the, the reactive side and it made people think, oh, he's a like grouchy vicious dog because yeah he did look scary but to me i would never be scared of marvel because i know that that's not who he is that's just the situation making him behave in a certain way and i just hope that people realize that you look at a dog and you're not seeing the dog you're just seeing the situation and you you shouldn't judge a dog or an owner just by something you see on the street i mean i think that's great advice have you got any other advice that you would give to dog owners in a similar situation I'd say you need to work on different techniques with your dog. I mean, praise may work with some dogs, ignoring may work with other dogs. You need to find exactly what's triggering the dog you have and you need to try and work on the opposite. So with Marvel, noises were the trigger, so we went silent and it, it worked. And it's really hard, but you just you can't give up because if you give up, it's just going to get worse and worse. And then when you do find that thing that's going to work, it's going to be so difficult that you're going to feel like giving up. Um, and you just need to persevere because at the end of the day, it's, it's never the dog's fault. It is the owner. It's the situation. So you just need to give your dog that time. You have brought it into your family, so it is your responsibility now to do whatever you can to help them have the happiest and healthiest life they can. Yeah, that's great. Listen, Lorna, it's been uh, lovely to catch up with you again. We owe you everything. I mean, people can say, oh, you gave the idea and we did the work, but it's a massive team effort, and without you, Marvel would still be in my life, but he'd be that evil little genius, which he still is, but he's learning to behave a lot more now. So, yeah, we're forever grateful for you, and we'll never be able to pay that back. But what we can do is try and make other dog owners realise what they need to do and learn from mistakes that we have made. So thank you, Graham, because it really has helped us, and it's helped Marvel. I suspected that Marvel's reactivity was attention-seeking behaviour, at least inside the house. I think outside he was just reacting to everything. He was a bit scared. So I helped Lorna train him accordingly. But it's really important to understand what the root cause is for your dog. And if you're going to have any chance of stopping and barking or lunging or even biting. So there can be lots of different reasons that you know they might be reacting to things. So it could be attention-seeking. And quite often, dogs 
who are attention seeking look pretty extreme it's not always a sort of pat on the knee and all that kind of thing so it could be that um it could be that you've got a dog who's just really nervous or really scared now that typically happens when there was something gone wrong with socialization we've seen plenty of that since the lockdowns um, that can often be the case as well by the way of dogs that were born in uh, rescue centers sometimes abroad brought to the uk uh, and they just don't understand what the world's like so it's scary you know and other times you know dogs are reactive because they they are you know they're being aggressive you know we forget that you know in in a natural setting that aggression is part of natural behavior so it's it's very important for me to understand the root cause first before you try and find a solution if you're sure that attention seeking is the issue then I mean, the first thing you, you probably want to do is take away that attention that's connected to the unwanted behavior so if we've got a dog barking for attention don't pick him up don't pay him attention you know ignore him it might be a consequence of that unwanted behavior but then if you do that you really want to be rewarding the alternative all too often we forget to actually say good boy or good girl when they're quiet when you've got a nervous dog or a dog that's that's being fearful about something then it's a tricky situation because they are looking for somebody else to give them a, a bit of leadership you know they're looking for a bit of guidance so you need clear communication about what's acceptable behavior and what's not but you never ever want to be going over the top telling them off and making them more scared than they already were and now scared of you so it's a fine line and it is that thing about being sort of calm but assertive sometimes and again rewarding the right behavior when you've got a really scared dog that's reacting badly it's a bit of a knife edge sometimes and you might need a bit of professional help with that similarly with aggression it's really tricky the first thing here is is safety first there is no shame at all in putting a, a muzzle on a dog if you have to for your safety and for everybody else's if you're out and about we need to understand where that aggression is coming from and you may well need a bit of extra help with that and there are lots of really good professionals out there that you can turn to so you know if in doubt ask for help Thank you for being here for today's training session. There'll be another one next week, so make sure you've subscribed to the podcast to be the first to know about it. Want to hear your own voice on the podcast? Well, send me a voice note telling me about the problem that you're having with your dog. It's talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. That's the email address that you'll need. Now, thank you so much again to Lorne. It was great to catch up and hear how Marvel's doing. Now, if you can't quite believe Marvel used to bark at the air on his walks, you can watch him for yourself on his episode of Dogs Behaving Very Badly. Catch up on My5 or watch new episodes on Channel 5 every Tuesday. I'd love it if you'd join me on Instagram too. I'm at dogfather.graham and Graham is G-R-A-E-M-E. And really, I mean it when I say everyone's welcome. I got a new follower recently in the form of Sid, the budgie, and apparently he loves watching the TV show, so do let me know uh, which of your animals are listening along to the podcast with you. Until next time, look after yourselves, your loved ones, and of course, your dogs. Bye for now. <laughs>